0: Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Good morning, everyone. My name is Mike Hesch. I'm here with Healing Journeys Today and uh, just going to share a little bit of the word, what God's put on my heart. Um, you know, what God has put on my heart today is I wanted to talk a little bit about, yes, Mark 11. Um, it's a very popular, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. It's, uh, it's like when people talk about receiving or healing or deliverance, Mark 11 always comes up in the conversation, and uh, rightly so. Uh, I want to share a little different perspective. Uh, I don't know about you, but I was bound by Mark eleven twenty three and 24, in the sense that I felt like I always had to be saying, speaking to my mountain, telling it what to do, and it actually just produced uh, frustration over time because it seemed like the mountain would never move. In fact, when I'd go back and look at it, it just seemed bigger than it did the first time I spoke to it. So I wanted to look at it from a, a point that Jesus emphasized. And I think this is one of the most important points that's being brought out in Mark 11. And um, I want to touch there, but I, I won't have time to you know go fully in depth to it, but I did teach on this. And I encourage you to go to, um, my website. I have a teaching that I taught at Karis Bible College, uh, the Colorado Woodland Park location. And uh, it was on July 18th of 2019. You can either go to my website and see it or, or you could look it up on uh, YouTube. But it'll go into depth on, on Mark 11 and go deeper into some of the points that I'm only going to touch on today. And I encourage you to listen to the full thing because, and, and here's, I want to remind you of something we talked about last week. I gave the illustration about the intersection and the four different points of view. And uh, what I've discovered is that, you know, God gives us different angles of the very same thing. He shows us his heart from so many different angles, so many different positions that you can't help but see if you're willing to see. You can't help but see the love, the kindness, the compassion uh, that our Father has for us. And uh, so I want to encourage you that you might hear me say something today that might be a little different than what you've been hearing. But consider if you're still being challenged and uh, you're still sticking with what you've heard before, maybe there's another perspective that's going to help you to step over, instead of being stuck in that one corner. And I just want to encourage you, these are things that my father did for me when I was very sick. Once I gave up on my conditions, you know, we talked about that last week, about not having any conditions to receive. And many of my conditions, as I talked about last week, you know, what I thought, the confession I need to be speaking, Uh, you know, uh, what I need to be commanding, uh, certain imaginations. I had all these conditions that were impossible for me to meet. But the good news is Jesus met every one of those conditions, so I don't have to. And so I just want to encourage you, as you listen today, let go of your conditions on what even I'm saying must sound like in order for you to receive it. Let me just encourage you, your father loves you, and he's going to lead and guide you by truth. And you don't have to be afraid of receiving something that sounds different. The Spirit of God will bear witness to truth in your heart of what you're hearing, whether it's truth or not. So trust your father to do his part, that he's not going to forsake you, that he's going to confirm his word that he's speaking to you, by the mouth of two or three witnesses. So what I wanted to do today is I wanted to read just a little bit in uh, Mark 11, and then I want to uh, back up and c- uh, cover a few points. So if, you, if you'd like to, uh, just join me in uh, Mark 11, okay? In Mark 11, it says, I'm going to start in uh, verse 12, and it says, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, This is Jesus and his disciples. It says, uh, They were come from Bethany. He was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to to it, found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. You know, there's a very good point there about uh, the time of figs. You know, you'd think... uh, Jesus, the Son of God, revelation from the Father, uh, continually, that uh, why would he have gone to that tree if he already knew there was nothing on it? It shows a couple of points there. Jesus did not know what was on that tree. He went to look, and he went because he was hungry. Just like you and me, we get up early in the morning, and uh, we might be up for a few hours. And if you've done anything, man, you get, tired, you get hungry. and uh, and, you know, you, and that's where Jesus was at. He's just like you and me. He was tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin, the Bible says. So when he went up to that tree, he was expecting to see fruit there. Why would he expect to see fruit there? It says it wasn't the time of figs. Well, that's an important point. There is a season for figs annually, and it's in the August, you know, through fall, like September, maybe uh, early October, depending on the climate. And it wasn't that time of year; it was the beginning of the year, uh, which would have been about May, the beginning, uh, the beginning of May, uh, you know, somewhere in May, like 15th through the 30th, something like that would be the beginning of of their year and but he went up to that and he didn't find anything on it you know I I, for years that troubled me like why didn't he know there was nothing on there and this is an important point and I encourage you to look it up it's just one of those little nuggets that puts your heart at peace when you get that little thing cleared out of the way and you know hey that's why he went to it anyway just very briefly there's a crop there's a second or a pre-crop that fig trees can produce. It's called a breba crop. And it is on the old growth of the tree that made it through the winter. That wasn't you know, uh, frostbite or anything like that. And it's produced on that. And the, a unique thing about um, uh, fig trees is that uh, they set their fruit before they leaf out. So when they leaf out, Jesus was expecting, yeah, there's probably some of this Breba crop, even though it's not the season or the time where the full harvest that it produces annually would be ready. He was still in expectation that there would be some on there. And when he got there, there was no figs there. Okay, so what did he do? Did he get ticked off and say, man, and curse the tree or whatever? No, he, he was not moved by an emotion of what to do concerning that tree. Let's read on. It says, verse 12, it says, uh, actually verse 13, And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing on but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it. He's speaking unto the tree. No man eat fruit of thee henceforth even forever. Wow. And the disciples heard it. So you could say one of two things. Jesus was ticked off because his blood sugar was low. Or you could say that he may have been inspired by his father to speak to that tree. But we're going to see which one it was, and uh, and he even shares that. So let's go on and read just a little bit more. Uh, he goes to the he goes to the temple. Uh, he ministers there, and uh, then it says in verse 19. We'll pick it up in verse 19. Uh, he says, and when and when even was come. Uh, he went out of the city. Uh, into, he went out of the city and in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Who is the they? Well, the disciples saw, hey, the fig tree that Jesus spoke to yesterday is dried up. They noticed it. Jesus Jesus probably didn't even look in that direction because he was headed uh, back to the temple. But they drew his attention to it. And notice what Peter says. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursedest is withered away. How do you think Peter said that? Hey, Jesus, look, the tree you cursed is uh, withered away. I don't think so. Remember, when they walked away from that tree, the tree looked identical to it the moment that Jesus spoke to the tree. In other words, when Jesus spoke to that tree, there was no visible outward change observable to himself or to his disciples. So now, with that in mind, consider when Peter saw this tree, it was probably more like, Wow, Jesus, look at the tree. That's the one you cursed yesterday. Okay, that's probably his reaction, was like, wow, it is dead. Now notice Jesus' response, okay? The one thing I love about Jesus uh, in the scriptures is he always is wanting people to understand. He's always wanting to teach and to share the heart of his father in every situation because he himself has experienced in his own life that his father taught him through everyday circumstances and situations that he would counter by bringing the word that he had read back to his remembrance and making application. That's what the Spirit of the Father did in him and that's what our Father is doing through the Spirit in us today. And I'm a mouthpiece of that to you today. I'm ministering to you by the Spirit of God truths about what the scriptures teach and relating it to you in a a personal application, which I'm going to get there in a a minute concerning myself. So Jesus doesn't say to Peter, yep, yep, that's who I am. You know, I'm the son of God. I just do things and they happen. No, he did not say that in any way whatsoever. No, notice what he does. He says, and I'm in verse 22 of Mark 11, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Okay, stop a minute. That's worth pausing on. He said, have faith in God. You know, there is so much in that statement. Okay, I'm going to touch on it in a minute. Let me read on. It says, For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive, and you shall have. Wow. See, if we, if we just pull out verse 23 and emphasize that, and the importance of speaking to the mountain and commanding your mountain and not doubting in your heart, we're disconnecting it from something that Jesus connected it to which is in verse 22, where he said, have faith in God. And then he didn't leave it, disconnect verse 23. No, he connected it to verse 24 as well with this concluding thought when he said, therefore, what does that mean? Therefore means this is what I'm saying, and he's rephrasing it based on the statement that he made in verse 23 that was an explanation of verse 22. Now, you might sound, whoa, whoa, that's too much detail, too much detail. You know, it's not enough detail. Let me share with you why. Because if we we disconnect verse 22, have faith in God from verse 23, we're missing out... On what Jesus is emphasizing produces results. Having faith in God. Now it sounds like a simple point, but if you're if you're where I was at for so long, where I'm feeling like um, I'm just not measuring up. Um, it's not uh, I'm doing something wrong or um, I'm not quoting enough, or I'm not speaking enough. Oh, I'm doubting in my heart now. And uh, all these things that, uh, you know, kept coming to me over and over and over again, putting the burden of my deliverance on me, requiring me to meet all the conditions you got to say, you can't doubt, you've got to believe. All those things were, were burdens that became conditions for me receiving. But Jesus made it very simple, and he explained it very simply here. Now, I'm going to stop for a moment, and I'm going to remind you of something I said earlier. Add this to what you've heard other ministers teach about Mark 23. Don't look at it as a contradiction. Look at it as a clarification, an addition to what you are or may already be doing that will help you to see more clearly and and listen more clearly to what the Spirit is actually saying to you instead of thinking, hey, something is not right here. You know, it's very important. That's why I encourage you to listen to the teaching July 18th of 2019 at Karis Bible College, Woodland Park, their healing school session. You can catch that on my website MikeHeschMinistries.com and the reason I'm I want you to do that is because you're going to get the full message of what I'm sharing I have a limited amount of time here and I think just what God's put on my heart is what I want to emphasize because uh, those that are tuning in and those that are listening this is a piece that is important to connect into your puzzle so you can see the picture clearly and not be trapped in this idea of what you need to do, what you're not doing, and, and all these things, okay? So let me, um, let me go back to that one point. When Peter saw the tree, and he was he marveled at how quickly it, it had uh, withered. Just overnight, it was dead. You know, he could see, wow, it's gone. It's just like you said. It's not going to produce fruit anymore. Jesus said to him, have faith in God. Now, how was Jesus to have faith in something that God did not speak to him? See, it was the father who touched Jesus's heart. The spirit ministered to Jesus in that moment to curse that fig tree, to speak to that fig tree and tell it that it's not going to grow anymore. Or as it put it here, he answered the fig tree. Now that's important. See, Jesus is responding to a word that he received from the Father. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, well, God told me to do this. The Lord said this. The Lord said, no, he didn't say that. He heard a small, still voice in his heart. Now, why, without going into too much detail, there's a reason why the Father had Jesus curse that fig tree. It's explained also in the, in the book of Luke. Uh, why when that thought came to him, when that thought came to Jesus to curse that fig tree, he knew it was his father, and he understood more than just the moment to speak to the fig tree. See, when Jesus spoke to the fig tree because he had faith in God, and he did believe that those things that he was, was saying would come to pass, it freed him to walk on. See, he didn't stand there and and yell at the tree because he didn't see a change. He didn't say, oh, well, I guess that wasn't my father talking to me. No, he spoke to the tree in obedience to the spirit or the unction that was moving him to speak to that tree. And what happened? He walked on. Why? because he had faith in God. He knew it wasn't his responsibility to carry out what the Father told him to do. In other words, Jesus did his part. What was his part? To have faith in what God had told him to do. That's no different than you and I. God is just saying to us, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Our part is just to believe that, to place faith in that. And then the Spirit might lead us in that moment, in that uh, possibility of, of the Spirit ministering to us, and we get the revelation, yes, that was God who said to me that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And then something might rise in us, the same unction to speak to our mountain, whatever it is that's challenging us. But here's where we may depart from what Jesus did. Many times when we command and rebuke, we have one eye open. We're peeking while we're praying. We're waiting to see something happen. Why? Because we're not really having faith in God. We're waiting to see if our circumstance or the symptoms will change. And then we'll walk on. Folks, that's not what Jesus was sharing here. Jesus said this He said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. See, doubting in your heart can be just peeking to see if it's changed. Jesus, when he was moved to speak to that tree, spoke to that tree. He commanded that tree, he spoke to the mountain, but then what did he do? He didn't doubt in his heart. How do we know he didn't doubt in his heart? He walked on. He turned and he walked on. He never turned back to see. I wonder if it's working. I wonder if it's dead yet. He didn't bring it up at the at the when they got to the temple and say, "Hey, hey, I wonder if the uh if that fig tree is dead yet, hey, Peter, run back to that tree and see if it's done yet. You know, see if it's, you know, died yet, like, like I think the Lord told me. No, but do we do that? Do we hear the Father speak to us, by his stripes you were healed? And then we speak to our mountain and we walk on, but yet we don't let go of it. We never turn from the tree. And we might go to the doctor to get verification that it is dead. What would you call that? Well, Jesus said that's doubting. When you walk on, you walk on. What's going to allow you to walk on? You have faith in God. In other words, you trust him with all of your heart. You're not leaning to your own understanding. You're acknowledging him in all of your ways. And you're letting him direct your paths. See, Jesus said, I only do the things that my father tells me to do. That's what allowed him to walk on. See, he knew that uh, what he spoke was from his father. And he knew that if he spoke it, it was the job of the spirit to complete or execute what he had spoken. And that's the point he's relating to the disciples. He says, let me read it again. Have faith in God. He said, I say unto you, for whosoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith." Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive, and you shall have. So Jesus was saying, look, when, when you're having faith in God, you're trusting his word with all of your heart. And when the spirit prompts you to speak to a mountain, you're trusting God to move the mountain, not your words. But you're trusting the power that's in the Spirit expressed through your words to execute what's being done. Case in point is Romans 8.11. Romans 8.11 says that, uh, loosely paraphrase, that anyone that has the Spirit of God is a child of God. And it says that the Spirit that's dwelling in you is the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And it goes on to say, it's that spirit that's giving and preserving life to your mortal body. It's the job of the spirit to execute. But if we are doubting in our heart, if we're looking to see, if we haven't walked on, then we're relying on what our senses are telling us over what the spirit has inspired us, and that is not having faith in God, that's having doubt in your heart. But Jesus said, have faith in God. Believe that when he tells you to say something and you say that, that it's his job to complete it. Your job, my job, our job as believers is to walk on, to entrust that if there's anything else that God wants us to participate in, he'll speak to us in the same way he spoke to us or inspired us to speak to our mountain. And he's encouraging us with this lesson. I, can't, I get so blessed thinking about how Jesus was so free. He was free to walk on. He didn't feel like, wow, my reputation's at stake here. I just spoke to that mountain, that uh, fig tree, and nothing happened. Look at the disciples. They must think I'm a goofball. They must think I'm an idiot. You You know, here, this is the only thing that hasn't happened that I've said that they see. None of that thinking went through Jesus. He didn't care what his disciples thought because he had faith in God. And his faith wasn't going to be greater or lesser because of what someone might think about what he just did that's a whole nother lesson there in this and we'll get into that another time but i want to uh, just encourage you this is such a simple lesson that jesus is sharing with us he's just explaining to us what it looks like to have faith in god but if you haven't heard something from god to where you have believed that it's from God, it's not gonna produce any action in you or any faith towards God. It's not. It's impossible for that to do. What it's gonna produce is, the results will that will be produced is where your faith is. So if your faith is in, wow, these symptoms have to be gone for me to be healed, then until your symptoms are gone, a condition, then you're not going to receive that you're healed. But when the word says, by whose stripes you were healed, that's God speaking to you. He's saying, Mike, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. He's saying to you today, whoever's watching this video, he's saying to you, and I'm speaking in his stead, son, daughter, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. It's done. It's accomplished. And when we receive that, it's like I was talking about the uh, last few studies. When you receive from God a word that he says, that empowers you to hear more of what the Spirit is saying. But if you have all these conditions about, okay, I, God said I'm healed and you look at your body, if my body doesn't show any results, I'm not healed yet, I need to do something else, then you're going to, of your own volition, be speaking, commanding, and rebuking, because that's what you heard you need to do in order to be well. But Jesus didn't tell them that there. His main point, which he emphasized, 22 and verse uh, 24, is that have faith in God or believe, believe only. See, he didn't put any other conditions in there. He just said that when you have faith in God and you speak because God has inspired you or it's in your heart by the Spirit to speak that, have confidence. And that confidence is going to be demonstrated by you walking on. If you have doubt, you're going to stay there at the tree. And you're going to yell, you're going to change the pitch of your voice, you're going to scream, you're going to holler, uh, you're going to lay hands on it. You're going to do all sorts of things because that's what you've been taught to do. That's what I was taught to do, but it didn't do anything for me. I stayed sick. In fact, I got sicker because my faith was not in God. It was in what I was doing. It was in my words. It was in my commanding. It was in my rebuking. Let me see a show of hands. How many of you has that touched in that exact same way? Yeah, I see all those hands out there. My goodness, everybody's hand went up. Okay? We've all done that. Why? Because that's what we're taught to do. But Jesus didn't teach his disciples this. He didn't say, wait, boys, let me, wait a second. This is how you get things to happen. You just command it because that's who you are. Just command it and it'll move. No, he didn't say that. The first point he made was have faith in God. See, otherwise our words are just, as Paul put it, they're a sounding brass, a tinkling cymbal they're not gonna move anything. They might sound good, they might sound convincing, but as the Lord told me one day as I was hoarse from screaming and commanding at sickness and disease and the devil, he said, he spoke to me very softly. He said, who are you trying to convince, Mike? Wow, I said, yeah, who am I trying to convince? I just shook my head, not at him, at myself. Why? Because I could see the doubt, and it led me to look back to the word, to move my focus away from me to the word. Something that I could place my faith in that could never fail. And that's what Jesus said here. He said, have faith in God. Wow. How awesome is that? How simple is that? No conditions, just have faith in God. And he said, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believing you receive. That's very simple. But he didn't walk away from the have faith in God. In other words, you can't have faith in something that God has not provided for and receive it from God. It's impossible. That's why he said, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire that God has provided for you in Christ Jesus, uh, this is uh, post-resurrection, you will receive when you believe. No conditions whatsoever. I want to encourage you, just from our study last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to that don't have any conditions don't make your healing conditioned on you commanding and rebuking there's only one condition that you should hold in your heart and that is i'm going to believe what god said no matter what this situation looks like no matter what i feel like no matter what the enemy tells me i am healed because that's what god's word says and i believe God. When your heart becomes settled in that, you're going to be hearing the Spirit move you. And the Spirit might move you to speak to your mountain, or it might move you just to walk on. To walk on and say, hey, I've got it. You're good. Carry on. Enjoy life. How many of you are waiting for that moment? It's yours right now. Don't wait another second. You qualify now because of what Jesus did. He met all the conditions. And then he demonstrated for us what it looks like to just simply put faith in God. When your faith is in God, you're going to walk on. You're not going to stay there and yell at your mountain anymore because you have believed God. And you're walking on. Wow, I I would love to to spend more time on this. Uh, it, it's just an awesome topic. I will share one other example. Okay, uh, I will. Uh, in uh, Mark, let's back up just a just very quickly. I'll take a few more minutes of your time. Thank you. And uh, in Mark chapter five. Uh, Jairus came to uh, Jesus and uh, just very briefly the story goes that um, Jairus comes says to Jesus come lay your hands on my daughter and she shall live and Jesus discerned in this man belief enough to be inspired to go with him okay remember it's faith that pleases God so when Jesus saw his faith it moved Jesus in that direction because he recognized the leading of his father in that faith. And so uh, that's a whole other subject. We'll go, we'll go over that another time. But Jesus. So Jairus is walking with Jesus. They're going to his house, and he gets interrupted. And uh, he spends a few minutes ministering to somebody else. I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. You can read the account. It's quite short. And in that time frame, a man comes to Jairus, who is obviously very close to Jesus in proximity. And, uh, and he speaks to uh, Jairus, Hey, your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the master. Don't bring him. And what did Jesus do when he heard that? He turned to Jairus and said the same thing that he taught his disciples except he said it a little different. He said, fear not, only believe and your daughter will be made whole. See, Jesus said, don't let death be a condition for you not receiving. He said, let go of that condition. He said, don't let fear persuade you to receive a condition for your daughter's health, that she has to be alive in order to get well. What would Jesus be needed for? Jesus said, fear not, only believe. The exact same message that he told the disciples. What did he tell them? He told them, he said to them, to his disciples, he said, have faith in God. Wow, Same message that he spoke to Jairus. The same message that he spoke to me. The same message he's speaking to you today. Just have faith in God. How simple. How simple. It's not hinging on what I'm going to say or not say. It's going to hinge on what I believe or don't believe. So let me encourage you. Having faith in God is going to release you to walk on to walk away from what has been a problem in your life, to walk away from sickness, disease, and symptoms, it's gonna encourage your heart. It's gonna say, wow, I don't need to stay here. I am healed, I am whole, I am free. Whatever the challenge has been, your faith in God is gonna release you to walk on. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Our Father is so awesome. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person watching and listening to this video. Father, I I thank you for encouraging them to just simply believe. I thank you that that's what your word and the word spoken today has done. It has focused them in on your goodness, on having confidence in you alone, releasing freeing them from the doubt in their heart because they're all in on you and you alone. So Father, I thank you for releasing us today through your truth to walk on. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.